as well. So uh, we have uh, the woman, the myth, the legend, Sarah Rohal with us this morning. So I actually did not have a podcast guest this morning. I had some other things that I was thinking about doing. Uh, but I came in uh, and walked into the church and thought, there, we are filled with talented people at this church. Surely I can find someone to be on the podcast. So I began asking all over the place. Uh, and then went down to the youth room and got with Chase and Cindy uh, down in our youth area in hopes that they might be willing to or have some ideas. And they immediately said, you need to maybe think about Sarah Rohal because she's going to be here this morning. They've been knowing what, what the conversation we've been having around creative spaces and those kind of things as well. Uh, and they said Sarah's would be phenomenal just because of her personality and that kind of stuff. She's leading worship for us in the first 15 minutes. She may be willing to come up there. So literally just a little over an hour ago, I went downstairs to the youth room, grabbed Sarah as she was coming in for sound check and said, Sarah, I have a fairly significant <laughs> ask for you. For the record, he did text me, but I'm bad at texting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My first question was, did you get my text? That was the first. She was like, said, yeah, she, she opened her phone. She said, yes, it's right here. You, what does it say? Um, so anyway, kind of told Sarah what we've, what we've been doing and that kind of stuff. And she uh, had a couple qualifiers, none of which, though, were centered around her willingness or to just jump up here and be a part of this. And I think that speaks volumes about you, Sarah, for sure, that you're uh, willing to do that. So, uh, so we have with us Sarah Rohal. I want to start by saying, Sarah, what in you uh, said, yes, I'll do that? What, why? Because are you, are, is it typical in your nature to just jump into something? And, and, or, or is this a particular circumstance or something? Um, yes. I don't think I'm necessarily like a yes man, but I feel like I say yes and then I'm like, oh, should I, should I have said that yes to that? But this definitely, um, when I heard the topic, I was like, oh, that's really cool. I would love to speak on that. But I said to you, I was like, I do feel kind of disingenuous. I haven't been here in a minute. <laughs> yes, Sarah's part of our Koya group. And yeah. so I I didn't want it to, that was my main hesitation. I was yeah. like, well, I don't want it to come across like, hey, y'all, I have wisdom to give you, but I'm not going to attend. No, I don't think that. But um, I think typically I'm a yes person and I want because I want to hear from people, so I want to offer when I'm asked to offer too. Oh, that's well so. said. That's well said. So, yeah, no, none of the 75 people in our live audience yeah, care about the fact that you haven't been here. So sorry. Yeah, I'll try to worry come to you, all of you. <laughs> so you're interested in the topic. Obviously, the topic is um, playing in creative spaces mm -hmm. helps us learn more about ourselves, helps us learn more about others, helps mm -hmm. us learn about more about God as well. Uh, throughout our series, and to our listener, those of you who have been following along, uh, also uh, for, for all the different interviews that we've been doing with folks, we've realized pretty much anything can offer an element of creativity to it as yeah. well. So when you hear that for you, what, what creative spaces do you play in? What comes to mind when you just hear the term creativity and relating that to our creator as well? Yeah. Um... So what first comes to mind is um, I feel like a poser when Ooh. I think of being creative. That's a, that's a new word for our listeners. Yeah, poser. Um, I was born into a creative family. 
I am the least creative of all of them. For Is that sure. true? Yes, for sure. I would love to meet um, these other people. And I'm a very, yeah. Thank <laughs> yeah. <you>. <laughs> because, <laughs> but, because I find you to be a very creative And like individual. even the people who have married into my family, like are so much more creative than I am. Um, I suppose it for a second. Who who's your family? Who the, the Rose? Right, but um, the like, so how many siblings do you oh, have? Yes. Ages? Where are you in the lineup? That kind of stuff. Yes. Gives us some context. Um, my mom and my dad are both very creative. I have one sister, and she is very creative. Um, and then my brother-in-law is a music producer. Uh, my dad is a musician. My mom does all kinds of artsy things and like actually is crafty girl. Um, nobody on I wish this is seeing my hand I know, motions. I was thinking the exact same thing right now. If you only knew, listener, the amount of animation that is. It's like. There's a lot being lost. Um, but so, and then my sister is very like artistic. She does um, a lot of interior like design, decorating stuff. Okay. So. My main thing that I do is music. I lead worship, and I have forever. I have since I've been alive, I feel like, probably like formally since seventh grade, mm-hmm. um, in the place that I just led this morning. Yes. Um, but I feel like that's what makes me feel like a poser, is there's a lot of people that are that way, and I'm also very type A, um, which I think is a possible intermingling but for me being creative and being like a more organized and structured person I feel like when I do something creative the way I go about it is very structured like I think of the process first and then so I'm not like a right brain person I'm very is that the right side left brain yeah let's go with it whatever is the more strategic I'm a very strategic person and I think for a long time, I thought that that negated me from being creative. Um, like I've, I've written some songs in the past, like worship songs, and I was very like methodical about how I did it. And I was like, ha ha, I am not very creative, but I am. It's just a different way that I go about it. Um, and I like, I am a big reader and I like writing, so I write like little stories and that's probably another creative thing I do but I'm pretty strategic about it so if that makes sense yeah so the the title of the podcast is already strategic creativity that's that's what we're gonna call it okay you're adding a whole other element didn't know that (laughs) (laughs) so one I bet your family's very glad to have you because if you didn't exist within the family (laughs) what would those family gatherings look like yeah do you do do you do the planning for those No, I don't. (laughs) No, it's usually just, we're getting together. Text real quick from my mom. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Um, All right, so tell me about uh, leading worship in particular. Uh, Mm -hmm. So since you were seventh grade, and to our listener, you may have heard Sarah say, right downstairs where I were since I was seventh grade. Mm -hmm. So Sarah grew up at this church uh, at Woodmont and um, was was has I guess been leading or being a part mm-hmm. of that since you were in seventh grade as well yeah H- how did that come about and why have you stayed with that as well what what value do you get from it what what's yeah. interesting to you um yeah so I started because my mom um ran it and she was in charge um 
for any Woodmont people, she's the reason there's a band in the youth group. Robin Rowe. Thanks, Is that right? sister. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but my mom um, helped start that. And I truly think there are, in the, like, 20s, 30s amount of people who, like, regularly lead worship, like, actively at churches across the U.S., maybe even across the world because of that youth group. Maybe that doesn't sound like a huge number, but for a small, like, church, like, so for me, a small Let me clarify that, like that. The influence that your mom has brought mm-hmm. to the worship experience mm-hmm. uh, has led to 20s or 30s number of people who have come out of that mm-hmm. because of that influence and are now leading in other places and influencing other places right. as well. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and not all of them are worship leaders, but a lot of them are. Um, like I think of Catherine Chanel, who goes here, her daughter Erin regularly leads um, at a church in Chicago. I think of Blake Burney. He regularly leads at a church that he's a part of. I think of... Um, like Lars Thorson, if anybody remembers him. Oh, like, Lars? Yeah, he I've plays. <laughs> well, anyway, um, if you're listening and you, you know them, text them. Um, but there's a lot of like names that come to my head when I think of that space. Yeah. Um, and so that was a really cool influence to be able to learn how to lead worship. Um, I was really passionate about it and kind of learned, learned my confidence through it. Um, I feel like there were a lot of things that I got over quickly with just like looking like a fool in front of people because I tried something that was pretty vulnerable in front of people at a really young age. Um, And it was definitely a trial and error process of like, is this all about me? Yes, I'm amazing. But actually, no, I'm not actually amazing. And it's not about me. I'm just here as um, a connector for people. But then I went into college and got involved in a lot of different like worship um, ministries and decided to like major in it in a sense um, with my studies as well um, at university. And I have told people many times that was my plan A. And if you are any kind of somewhat middle-aged, there are like plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way to Z now. But um, that was my plan A going out of school was to have a job as a worship minister. Um, And I think that that was something that I had like a mourning process with of how difficult it can be if you are creative but having it as a job like can have its own difficulties, but also not being able to find a job in it um, in a stereotypical sense. You kind of have to piece it together if yeah. you are a creative. Um, so that was a tension and a sadness, I think, for a season in my life. Um, but I've been able to find ways and have always said that I always want to be doing it in some capacity. I always want to be leading worship um, in some capacity. And I think I've all I've always loved music. I've loved singing. Um, and it's really cool. I think the only reason I've been able to keep it as a hobby for so long is because it's larger than just me singing. Yeah. Um, I think that that would have made me a way way less pa- way less passionate about it. Um, when I see people that like, 
start a band or like do something like that. I just, I feel like I would have fizzled out by now, but that it's for God and for a higher calling than just me. Yeah. Um, I, I will be doing it forever um, mm. and want to be doing it forever. Um, a cool, it's a cool way, cause I'm not like, I'm not a very good cook. I'm not a very um, <laughs> kind person. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I'm kidding, I think. I'm, but like, I'm not like a great, hospitable human like there I have my own flaws but I feel like it's a cool way that I can give back to people no matter what it's like I have this skill it is there somebody asked me this week to lead in the youth group and I was like easy I got it let me help you out in that way um so a cool way to use something I love to help other people too all right so you said a lot of fascinating things to me in all of that and i want to what i want to dig into which was most fascinating in everything that you said we're very glad you have this as a hobby and because you're very good at it you are and i've seen head nods in our live audience as well um and and there's something when you are leading worship that comes across as a as a connector and all the things that that you said one of the things we're learning as we go through these podcasts is people that play in creative spaces do things that make them good at that, that sometimes they don't even know what they do. Hmm. It's just intrinsic in them for whatever reason that is. And so I, my question is, there's obviously been inflection points since you've been doing this since you were in seventh grade mm-hmm. of wanting to do it full time, but not being able to necessarily of doing it some doing it initially at times because you want to be on stage and you want to be in front but then almost falling into the, the real things, the real behaviors, the real routines, the real things I do or am a part of that, that come across so genuinely for the rest of us as mm-hmm. well. It's a long way to answer the question. In your mind, what makes a great worship leader? Mm-hmm. That's the question I wanna get to because I, I believe you are a connector. You come across very genuine in those kind of things as well. Yeah. So as you look at all the times and all the space and all the different variety that you've led worship, what, what makes a good worship leader? What makes somebody good at playing in this sandbox of creativity? Um, the first word that's coming to mind, you said it, um, being genuine. And I think knowing the purpose of it, knowing um, knowing your space in all of it. And also um, something that I think has been a, and I, I um, uh, that's such a loaded question. I, know I have it is. tons of things in my head. Yeah. So um, say them all. Remember, we could, this is all can be edited as well. Yes. You wouldn't believe some of the other things other people have said. (laughs) You're going to be saying that about me. Um, I I feel like a recent lesson I've been learning is filtering my preferences um, from what is necessary for the community that I'm in. Um, Hang on one sec, because that's a powerful statement, not only for worship, but just in any spaces that any of us in our live audience or our listener would hear as well. Mm -hmm. Filtering my preferences to what is best for the overarching community. Yeah. All right, please continue. Yes, um, 
because I feel like I've seen some worship spaces where there's a tension of let's do this cool song, let's yeah. do this um, impactful harmony, and those are all really good, and a lot of times can connect people really well. If that's your goal, like if your goal is to help people connect with God, to help people. Um, feel connected to the community even too. Because I think that that's a really important part of worship is worshiping in community as well as worshiping God. Um, but I think the purpose of the intention is so necessary and it has to come into it. It can't just be, oh man, this riff is so cool. Let's throw it in there. <laughs> that sounds like just like something I said the other day. <laughs> Not a slight twist. Um, so I think that that's, and there's a time and a place, but I think as long as that's the driving force, that's when it feels disingenuine. Like if you are just wanting it to be impactful and cool, that's all it will ever be. Like it won't go into a deeper space than that. Um, and I also think being known by the community you're worshiping in because I've led worship at many different churches like I don't think I could count up how many like spaces I've been in just so many like random things throughout my life but when I worship here it's my favorite because I'm known it's our favorite too <laughs> I'm known and respected and I know and respect the people in the audience and it helps me be better because I can sense where people are at. I can sense like what they need. When I look at Rebecca's face, I'm like, okay, Rebecca's probably not really feeling this right now. Or like <laughs> Paulette Kathy, like Paulette Kathy is a great temperature checker yeah, of how we're doing. Yeah, like sure. if she she's gonna, clapping, she I'm like, you know. yes, we're yeah, doing great. Yeah. And if she's kind of like furrowed brows, I'm like, darn it, gotta gotta pick it up. Like <laughs> Paulette was actually on the podcast last week. <laughs> was she really? You need to go back. It's it was phenomenal. Okay, yeah. I the do. Crea I need to creative to space that. of inclusion is what I we talked about. That. That was good. Honestly, um, I have a few friends, Paulette being one of them, who I think are some of the best worship leaders ever yeah. from the crowd. Yeah, from the My crowd. My friend, Nikki, she, like, they all... Nikki? Nikki Anyama, yeah, did you know? Yeah. Why do you keep doing that? You get me excited. <laughs> but I feel like there are people who help, like, that space to, who would be like, I'm never getting on a stage. I'm yeah. like, you would help it if yeah. you did. But. So let me pull, I'm going to prep you with the next question because I know I didn't give you any of these questions ahead of time and we are, I am asking you very kind of broad and, and, and deep questions too. Um, I want to, I want you to speak to here in a second, the, the process, because I think it's, I think one of the things that's hard with worship leaders sometimes is they're so creative that they're not super organized mm -hmm. people as well. So mm -hmm. the fact that you come in with both an organ, you know, as we've yes. said, a, a strategery to your creativity. Strategery. We, we, we use that. Yes. Uh, strategic creativity in regards to worship. I'd love for you to give us an idea of the process that is gone through to prepare to lead worship. What process do you go through in that? And as you, I give you time to think about that, I just want to pull for our listeners a couple things out of what you said that I think are true across all the creative spaces. Number one is intent, really becoming clear of what my purpose is mm -hmm. in this. Uh, and that that fuels everything that comes out of that as well. Then the other thing I love that you said is the spaces I love most to, to, to do these creative things 
are when the people on the receiving end know me mm-hmm. as well. That's that's the reason you love, you yeah. know, perhaps leading worship here. And I think as we think about the creative spaces that we play in, as we look to learn more about ourselves, others, and God as well, having those two elements, being clear about our intent and also discovering, am I doing some work to get to know the people on the receiving end mm-hmm. so that playing in this creative space is, is more fun and exciting for me and, and it's also good for everybody else as well. And obviously, you're forced to come across a little more genuine in that way as yeah. well in yeah. some ways. All right, so, uh, so take a step back, take us through the process because there's a lot that goes into putting a worship service together that I think a lot of us have no idea about. Right? Yeah. What are some things that come to mind with that? Well, like I said, I'm type A, so I currently have a full to-do list in my head. Do you want me to go through my to-do list? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sarah's like, funny you should ask. Here's the like, Excel sheet. I literally I... know the process exactly, if that's what you want. Give us... So a more creative you, you, Well, use this frame of reference. We all sit on Sunday mornings, and we leave thinking, mm-hmm. oh, that song was okay. Yeah. You know, or... Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and we leave sometimes, and we say, "How was church for you today?" And we we don't think about our, you know, our feeling is where we brought into this service, right? right? Where we engaged in in what happened here. What's what are some some important things that come to mind when you're planning a service, knowing you want engage people to be engaged with? Where where does it start? Where what what kinds of things happen? Obviously, there's checklists of. We need a drummer. Let's who's, right. who's able to yeah. drum today. You know those mm-hmm. kind of things. What are just some more thought process things that yeah. go into putting a service together? Yeah. Does that help shrink your I think so. your yeah, yeah, yeah. large Excel sheet that you have in your head? Does that shrink that <laughs> yes. down for us? Okay. Yes. Um, there's a lot of collaboration that happens um, ahead of time, um, and I think you're right. I think it's very helpful to be organized yeah. in that space because which I haven't had like a formal job as a worship minister, but um, you're a lot of times a volunteer manager too. So that's like another side of it. I won't go into that as much, but there's a lot of details that go into that. Um, But with that collaboration, you are talking with the other ministers, like, and also taking like a temperature check of the church of like, where are we right now? What's, what are, what series are we talking about? Um, Like, the teaching team at the church, like understanding what they have talked about, what they've processed, um, and like the life of the church, the life of the world, similar to like probably what Jeff does, what a preacher does when they are um, compiling their sermon of like, okay, where are we right now? Um, And preparing a ways in advance with that awareness um, when you are selecting songs and selecting teams selecting people that are there um selecting do you want it to be a really big band like a very impactful time or do you want it to be more reverent more acoustic mm-hmm. um so the the way you want to convey the worship how it feels like it needs to be necessary which is why knowing the church is so helpful, like yeah. knowing what's happening, what's going on. Um, and a lot of that has to happen as a quick pivot of like, oh man, this happened this week. Yeah. We have to switch. Yeah. Um, so, and I think selecting the songs really can be an art form because it can be kind of tacky. Yeah. Or it can be really like, um, really 
like a great vessel for connecting. Yeah. Um, but then it also can feel kind of out of left field. Like yeah. if you're preaching about Job, yeah. like we're doing right now, and somebody sings about um, like how uh, I'm trying to think of a song. I, I just wait. sang How Great Is Our God. And I don't know if Job was fully singing that the whole time. <laughs> and like maybe at a point, but like I think that that was hard so like knowing knowing what you're talking about is a huge thing which i feel like people probably sense to an extent um and then like in the process of practicing and stuff because you have to practice there's a lot of practice that goes into it and it's a lot of volunteers so Mm -hmm. you're working with a lot of levels of experience um but also a lot of passion too which is a really cool mix um, and it's people's community as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking all over the place. Um, no, it's really good. <laughs> and I, I just to ag- aggregate one, we'll open it up uh, for the last couple minutes. If anybody has uh, questions, they'd love for Sarah to speak to as well. The, the The fact that you were talking all over the place is really what I wanted our listener to hear is there's a lot that goes into preparing mm-hmm. a worship service to prepare mm-hmm. to engage people and especially with the number of personalities and preferences mm-hmm. that that people tend to have yeah. so getting back to that intent and just doing the best you can to know what the spirit of the room is going to be mm-hmm. and then try to organize around that and everything it's a it's a daunting process yeah. i mean it can really be a daunting process at the end of the day yeah and i think it's the creativity the like um care for people's actual faith but also like the competency too like do you actually know what you're doing skill wise like i think that that's easy to forget at times of like how much effort it takes, um, but also how it has to be intermingled with like connecting people too at the same time. So it it can be very complex. Um, uh, Questions? So the question from our live audience was uh, basically, what does it feel like to really be an influence and why are you being asked to go downstairs back to the youth uh, class to lead worship? There's some students down there who do lead worship. Um, are you down there to help influence and raise up that next generation? Uh, what do you enjoy about that? Do you enjoy that? Yeah. Um, so I don't regularly do that. Um, I would, though, if I was requested because I... I think that that age dynamic of like middle school to high school is um, so necessary for that passion to grow. Um, That's where my passion grew. I'm sure if you guys think about your like main hobbies in the world, they probably grew around that age uh, because that's when we're the most impressionable. And I think, um, I know for me, leading worship, even if I never did it again when I graduated, built my confidence level um, so much. Being able to be vulnerable in front of people, um, I think is so important. And you can find that in a lot of different ways. Um, But I also think, um, I like going to Woodmont's youth group because I grew up in Woodmont's youth group. And I'm sure there are 
people who are in that band that are like, man, I'm never going to get good. I'm the worst. I'm so, I always sing flat. I always play the wrong note. And I hope they my, heard my, me. My riff is always. Yeah, my off. riff. Yeah, my riff. I hope they heard me mess up and like keep going. And I hope they notice like, because it, it became a very good, like worshipful space and like very sweet. Um, and I like, I've done it long enough now where I can sense the shift. I can see the yawns and like, man, my parents made me come to church. Like, duh, I'm tired. <laughs> and you're like, me too, bro. But are you, are you in my son's head right now? <laughs> But like, and then you see that same boy who was yawning start closing his eyes and like lifting his hands secretly, like kind of opening his eyes, like, is anybody watching me? And you're like, yes, I got him though. Like he, he wants to connect and I'm glad, like I'm glad that this is a space that he can connect. Because I think, um, so I think if people like, if there were more inspiration, that wasn't necessarily like the reason I went today. It was a little bit more of like, I feel like the times I've been asked are more of like a relief of like these kids are um, worshiping a lot. They just had fall retreat last weekend um, and they had done a lot of things and had poured a lot into it. And it probably felt like more of a burden. And so um, the youth ministers asked me like, can you come and like fill in so we don't have to schedule a band? I think they're a little, a little burnt out. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was cool to be able to kind of, just offer a space, um, but also hopefully give a little bit of inspiration of like, um, you don't have to be perfect. You can grow up in this youth group and move on to um, like really impact people in different ways and go to other places. Like, I hope that I was able to like give them um, like a window to what is a possibility for them if that's something that they're interested in. Cause it's not like, I was, I'm anything special. Like I had the oh, same disagree. growing up as them. Agree to disagree. <laughs> uh, so Sarah in a second, we're going to wrap up and we always ask, is there anything we can be praying for our class for you, Brent, um, in y'all's life right now or anything like that? So as you think about that, uh, I'm, I, there's people that I've not spent a ton of time with, but I always love being around whenever they're around. You're one of those people. I've not spent a, a ton of time and I was thinking when you, you know, about two hours ago when you said you do this, I thought, why is it that I, why is it that I love to be around Sarah? What, what is it about Sarah? And I hope I'm able to discover that during the time of our, of our chat as well. And I, I think there's lots of things, but one thing I certainly discovered just hearing you talk is when I'm around you and see you interact, when you're up on stage and see you interact, there, there is a creative nature that that is that that you bring to any space while at the same time you are incredibly poised and articulate and have an intent when it comes and this this very unique preeminent thing you have about you that you are type a but also have such a zeal and joy for creativity and that way of thinking as well truly comes across when when people are around you and just very thankful for that so as I pull lots of things out I'm like that's why I love being around Sarah she's very intent in what she does and at the same time just has this joy of creativity about her as well which is a very unique unique thing so very thankful for you and appreciate you jumping into this too and what can we be praying for for you um so haven't talked about it at all. I'm a teacher. That's my day job. Um, so 
all I work with middle schoolers, so all the prayers for Bless that your heart. are extra, helpful. Yeah, you get extra stars on the crown. Yeah, for have had that. a few like tough weeks with some kids, yeah. so I know that that's kind of a very specific thing. But that's good. Prayers for that, um, and prayers for holidays. Good connection with yeah. family. Yeah, it's good. And with church community yeah. for sure during the holiday season. All right, y'all join me. Let's pray over uh, Sarah real quick. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for the time this morning This morning with uh, the woman, the myth, the legend. Uh, she was introduced to Sarah Rohal. Uh, thank you so much for the unique talents and gifts that you've put inside her, this ability to uh, really balance uh, a very strategic, intentional approach to everything that she does while also having immense value for the creative spaces and creativity that she plays in as well. There's no question that that talents and gifts are unbelievably put on display working with middle school students and the teaching that she does as well. Uh, my prayer is that you give her a peace that passes all earthly understanding. Afford her the opportunities to see the things that are happening that she's doing with those middle school students um, and, and rid, that give her the strength and energy to keep going with all those things. Working with middle schoolers, you see every day all the things that are difficult. I pray the little sprinklings of, of intent and the little sprinklings of seeds that she's planting, uh, that those become visible to her um, and give her that peace and that contentment that passes all earthly understanding. Uh, thank you so much for her and Brent and what they mean to so many other people. And we pray all these things because of Jesus. Amen.